at Fat Charlie's. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where Wednesday is mug day with $7 Cousin Cocktails, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Hour number two, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. We take you until noon. Trends play of the day. Circus Sports sponsors that. Coming up about 10 minutes before noon, uh, bottom of the hour, Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs in his weekly spot. Chiefs on the road, taking on the Colts in Indianapolis this weekend. Right now, time to talk some Hawks. They had their media veil, as they always do on Tuesday. Kirk Ferentz met the uh, media after assorted uh, players came out and talked to the uh, the assembled folks there. And David Eichel joins us. Uh, David from, of course, Hawkeye Insider under the 24-7 Sports Umbrella. David, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? Hey, things going well, guys. Appreciate you having me back. Uh, plenty of offensive touchdowns to talk about <laughs> for the first time all season. So, Riding an absolute high right now. Indeed, there were. It was good to see. So, what? Um, let's go back before we go forward. To back to what was a long Saturday night for you and the rest of the media and, and the fans that stuck, the players, coaches, everybody involved, etc. It was certainly a long night into the wee hours of the morning. What did you see different uh, from the from this offense? Obviously, the uh, Petrus was throwing the ball downfield, which was good to see uh, with Regani and Johnson back in the uh, in the lineup. Although it doesn't sound like Johnson may be available this weekend but uh, what was the biggest thing was that it uh, david the fact that they were willing to you know to uh, try and take the top off the defense a couple of times you know i think that's obviously number one thing that popped out to me but a couple other things i think people need to be aware of one i thought it was a great play calling game for brian Ferrin. i mean i'll even go back to that that first caleb johnson touchdown round that 40 yarder yeah he still had a shake off a few wimpy tacklers but that was set up because of the first down deep shot to Brody Breck and I, I think that was just a great play call I think Brian had one of his better games obviously this Nevada defense isn't going to stop anybody I mean Air Force is I think a 24 point favor against them <laughs> going into this week but I also thought Spencer Petrus's confidence was back I thought his ball placement was very very good and, again, I like how they loosened up, and I like how they're taking some shots to Brody Breck because they're going to need to continue to get these scholarship receivers the ball. I think Brody Breck still has a very high ceiling with his build. And, you know, the reality is he's still, I think he's going to be a good player. He just needs to get those in-game reps. But number two is Caleb Johnson, I really think, needs to be more of a focal point going forward. Again, it's this Nevada team going to stop anybody? No. But a couple things regarding Johnson. That first touchdown run when he shook off the three or four players, great run. And the one down the sideline, that 55-yarder, I believe they said that Johnson got to 20.5 miles per hour on that run. And it looked like he was jogging on that. I mean, to be blunt with you guys, I don't think I've seen an Iowa running back with that sort of size and speed combination, maybe since Marcus Coker, what he did in the Insight Bowl. Uh, maybe you go back to Sean Green, but this Iowa team needs a bit of a spark, and maybe Caleb Johnson uh, can provide that. But I know I will say I do think Iowa definitely has some concerns on the offensive line right now that uh, they got to find some way to stabilize that. 
One of the guys that looked pretty good was Tyler Ellsbury, who came in. He practiced well in the open practice kids' day back in August, but hadn't seen much of him until the game against Nevada. What does that do to the offensive line? Do you think he can be a plug-and-play guy? And also, he's working at center. Do we read into what Kirk mm-hmm. said, him working at both positions and a possibility? Logan Jones, maybe that leash is not very long right now. You know, maybe, but I will say with with all the talk given Logan Jones and the credibility he has in practice, I think there's one thing we've learned. It's Kirk values practice. Logan's been good in practice going back to when he's put over to center. But I think it's just more of a safety option if something were to happen to Logan. But Ellsbury, I thought, played great. I think his pass pro still needs a little bit of work, but he is a mauler in that run blocking game. And, you know, I do think he'll have to be a guy that, He'll have to start and they'll have to endure some of those bad pass pro plays for, in order for him to grow because if they swap him in and out, it's become too predictable for the defense about what type of play Iowa's about to run. But, you know, through three games, I'll say I think the starting five probably needs to be uh, Logan Jones, Ellsbury, Jennings, Dunker, Colby, and, and Richmond at the tackle spots. I just think it makes the most sense. And, you know, like like I said, guys, there's still a long way to go. This is a very young offensive line. I still think there's a heck of a lot of talent on it, but they're going to have to endure the growing pain. Uh, who knows how long it'll take. And it's, it's going to be tough for me to envision them getting better immediately because this Rutgers defensive line is very big. They've only allowed 97 rushing yards all season long, albeit competition has not been great. But um, then you go to Michigan, Illinois, Ohio State. I mean, th- this is going to be a you know Spencer Peters better gear up and take some hits. <laughs> Fair point. Um, non-conference is behind us. Who's been the uh, who on the roster has been the biggest surprise to you? I mean, to, to me, it's Schulte. I, I didn't see this coming. How about to you, David Eicholt? Really like that Schulte pick. I mean, I think from the very first game, the four pass breakups was tremendous. I think the timing, his timing has been very, very good. I want to say Cooper DeGene, but I also yeah, think everybody who follows Iowa football expected that. But I would also argue, and I know this is going to sound ludicrous to some people, Cooper DeGene might be the best football player on Iowa's team. With all due respect to Jack Campbell and what he's done, all due respect to Sam Laporta, Cooper DeGene, what he's done in a variety of positions, has been incredibly impressive. I'm going to go off the radar a little bit, though. I'm actually going to go with John Wagner. Mm. I think John Wagner has been a guy who's mm-hmm. been in the system for several years, former four-star out Dowling Catholic. I think his stability on the edge, and he's just improving from a pass-rushing perspective, and I think he's done some really, really good things in there. And maybe you throw in a guy like Logan Lee as well. I think Logan's been very effective in that interior, interior but Given the context and the journey of John Wagner, I, I just think he's been very, very good this year. Uh, for an Iowa defensive line guy that was third fiddle coming into the season when we talked about this Iowa defense. Mm-hmm. We all talked about the linebackers. Yep. I'll talk about the secondary. But this is a, a defensive line group that had seven players that played over 200 snaps last year. And they've been incredibly they- impressive through three, three games, I believe. David, uh, want to go to the quarterback spot as we saw so many backups in the game. Second, third fourth-teamers, but Spencer Petras took every single snap during a blowout. Maybe I'm reading too much into that, but that's what we do. We <laughs> read too much into a lot of different things. Alex Padilla doesn't get a snap. Look, he's just going to hand off the ball. It's not that big of a deal. Is it a big deal, though? It's just it's surprising where everybody else is playing the backups, and yet there's Spencer Petras for every snap of the game. Yeah, I think that's something that uh, definitely is going to be interesting to follow. I will say... 
for the coaching staff's perspective. I think given how bad Iowa's offense has been through the first two weeks to that point, I think they just wanted Petrus to take every single snap from a confidence perspective, from a comfort perspective. And, you know, you talk about the centers being switched and Ellsbury getting some work at center. Maybe they felt more comfortable with Petrus getting more of that timing with Ellsbury at center. That's a good point. That is a good point. That's a real good point. So I I think it's tough to really read too much into it, but at the same time, like you said, it's our job too. But I I will say I think the verdict's in, guys. It's going to be Petrus ride or die Mm -hmm. until the wheels fall off or uh, he gets injured. But I I would say just given all the uncertainty at center, that's probably why I think Petrus would continue to get snaps. So we're convinced that Petrus is going to play quarterback in this football game. How about on the other side, Rutgers? They've got a bunch of injuries at that position, right? The uh, the, the freshman, Wimsat, uh, Vedral, the transfer, he's apparently banged up. What are they going to do with quarterback? What's just Shiano said anything? <laughs> yeah, that's going to be the big question mark, guys, because Vedral and Wimsat are both game-time decisions, and they I believe they only have one other scholarship quarterback available then it's basically the walk-ons but mm. like you said i think it's anything goes i do think gavin winsett's gonna play I, I i can't really tie that to really anything concrete but i think the very early buzz surrounding him i do think that he's gonna play dual threat guy and he's the guy that you know this rutgers offense is and is not good okay like there there should be a betting prop for if there's more <laughs> punts than points in this game because i would probably take the punt but uh, Wimsett's a guy that's dual threat quarterback. was a high four star by 24 7 sports. Uh, and he, he's the type of quarterback that can give Iowa problems. So if Iowa got pressure on him and he took some ill advised throws, it could be a game where the secondary gets, you know, two or three interceptions. Mm-hmm. I, I would not rule that out. It feels like, yeah, defense is going to be the difference in this one. Special teams both look good on both sides. Two great punters out there. Who makes a turnover? Who makes that mistake? Rutgers' defense has been really good this year. Obviously, has not been the most difficult of schedules, but what do you see out of this, and how difficult is it going to be for Iowa, and especially running the football? The two big runs last week from Caleb Johnson were great. Outside of those two runs, they only averaged 1.9 a carry against Nevada. Is Rutgers' defensive front playing at a high level? Yeah, I think they have a big defensive line. I think they have a, a unit that works very well together. And if you know anything about Greg Schiano, I mean, that's what he prides himself on. It's very defense-oriented. And like I said, they're second nationally and first among Power 5 teams. They've only allowed 32 rushing yards per game. And I think Iowa's just going to have to find a way to ground and pound. I think throwing in Ellsbury could be a help. And, you know, I think it's going to be a game of inches. So I think you need to throw in more Caleb Johnson just from a size perspective. And again, size and speed combination. But it's also going to really come down to, is Adam Corsett going to be able to pin Iowa back deep? Because getting Nico Ganey back is huge. I think yeah. getting Brody Breck continuing to get involved is big. And I think the tight ends were very quiet last week. I don't anticipate that continuing. But it's very clear, guys. I know they talked about how Iowa's playbook was not limited by only having one scholarship receiver after watching last game. It, it was obvious. They yep. weren't running 11 personnel. They can open up the playbook a little bit more. They got more on tape. They're not going to be as easy a scout as they were the past couple of weeks. But like you said, Iowa's biggest disadvantage through three games this season has been time of possession. They just have not been able to sustain drives. Iowa has to find a way to win the time of possession battle. They didn't even win it against Nevada. Jeez. So this is something that I'm watching going forward heading into this one as well. When, uh, when do you think we'll see Keegan Johnson next? Yeah, that's a big question. Uh, I, I'll guess early, maybe Michigan. 
because I do think seeing him get snaps was a big deal. Kirk said that it sounded like Keegan almost took himself out after he just said he couldn't feel like he was getting loose enough following all the delays. He was coming off a nagging injury. He hasn't practiced a lot, so I can't really blame the kid. I think it's good that he got a pair of catches, but uh, he has not practiced this week, and obviously I don't anticipate him playing this weekend, but I think we'll know probably by next Monday or Tuesday if he's going to be able to play, but this is one of those things where uh, it's very similar to Justin Jacobs, just in terms of it's a very nagging injury. I mean, we might see Justin Jacobs back this week against Rutgers, but uh, those soft tissue injuries and those nagging injuries, guys, you, you just got to be so, so careful with. And Keegan's going to be a guy that I was going to need coming down the stretch. Does he travel with the team this week, do you think? I would doubt it, just based off the practice, not practicing. I, I would be surprised if he traveled with the team. Interesting on that front. Well, as we get ready for it, what's the game plan? I've, I've talked to people going to the game that are staying in the city, staying in NYC, and they're a little nervous getting the train back home. Heard it can be a little bit rough there. What's your game plan getting out to beautiful Biscataway? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> Biscataway is a nickname for my couch, actually, because I'm not <laughs> going to be traveling to New Jersey. That's so good I will be very much in content and uh, not on a train, but, uh, you know, we'll see. A night game in uh, in New Jersey would be very interesting because I do expect this to be a very, very rambunctious crowd based on the ticket sales and what they're doing to promote this game. So yeah. Iowa's definitely going into a hostile environment. It's not your father's Rutgers, guys. Hmm. It, it's not. I uh, did a podcast this morning with a group of Rutgers writers, and this is their first night game since 2017. You mentioned the promotions that they're doing. They expect this to be a banged-out crowd. They look at Iowa, all right, something to shoot for, something to strive for. They're never going to be Michigan. They're never going to be Ohio State, but they kind of look at it as a program. It, it reminds me of a way kind of, remember when Northwestern, when they started, Gary Barnett got them turned around, and, and that was one place that he pointed. Hey, we, we're not going to be them, but we could be like Iowa. Feels like Rutgers and Shiano's maybe kind of doing this. They got this one circled. It's going to be a loud environment. Mm. And, and with that young offensive line, potential of a different center and Logan Jones's struggles that we've seen this year. I mean, that's got, that makes what is already the worst offense in the country. It's going to be even more rough. Hmm. It's going to be, it's going to be a beautiful, like the sickos committee to their account. is yes. going to be all over this game. It's going to be their game of the year. And, and honestly, I'm all about this. I want punts. I want physicality. I want rain. I want slush. <laughs> Just give me the most brutal, ugly game of football that I can enjoy. I'm all about it. I, I think that's what we're in for. We shall see. David Eichel. David, thank you for doing this uh, for us. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you in the weeks ahead. Thank you, David. Hey, thanks, guys. Have a good week. Yeah, you do the same. David Eichel, 24-7 Sports, Hawkeye Insider. Dot com. So you did the podcast with a bunch of... Uh, uh, two Rutgers writers, yeah. What do they think about the game? Uh, they have, What's their confidence level? They have not very confident because yeah. they've seen their offense. Yeah. Who they've do they think is going to start? What are they hearing? They did not have a really? specific name that they went to either, yeah. And sounds like probably a couple of guys are going to go, but their quarterback situation is bad. Spencer Peach has been worse than both of them. All three of those guys at this now point Now you in time. had to go. Well, there, it's true. <laughs> I, I'm coming with facts here. I know you are. There's no way this game gets to 34 and a half short of defensive touchdowns, I can't right? See it. But you know what? Here's the thing: I was due for a couple of those. That is true. They well, and they've been close. They had the pick six that was called back because of an offsides mm-hmm. that the quarterback didn't even see. It's not like he was using it as a free Terry play. Roberts fell down, and he had he was home free. He very well could have too. Early in the game against Nevada, Cooper DeGene had that drop. He mm-hmm. could have ran right, that back right on the sidelines. Four yep, six. Yep. It's from fun prop. Wonder what kind of numbers we could get. Iowa defensive touchdown this week. 
plus 300 or better. I, I got to text Mike Palm, our buddy from Circa, because I want to see a prop and see what, the, what they would do with it. More points, more punts. Or if there'd be a point spread to it. Points minus 10.5 versus punts. I love it. you got to put a number up like that because yeah. there's going to be what? There's going to be... At most, at, there's going to be... 15? On each, yeah, at 30 is the absolute like top that there could possibly be in terms of punts combined. There can't be that many. It's not going to be that many. 15 on each side? Absolutely there could be. Uh, you think it's going to be that ugly? <laughs> yeah. This thing's... If you get to double digits, you're winning. Don't you... I mean, if, if you cross midfield, aren't you going to give one of the... I mean... Somebody a chance? Field position all day long. And this I game, know that's how he plays. With two brutal offenses mm-hmm. and two good defenses, field position. The two great punters. So, so um, punts plus five and a half? Give me the punts. <laughs> that's an interesting problem. Have you ever heard of anything? I've never heard I've of never, anything like that. I haven't that. either. And uh, David just mentioned the Sickos Committee. Have you seen that on Twitter? I have not. It is a funny account that just makes fun of the... Well, the, some of the stupid elements of college football and the goofy things that are happening and things like that, you'd get a kick out of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, been seeing that retweeted a whole lot, and they've been talking about Iowa a whole lot because I bet. that is some sick offensive they've football. They've been the uh, the punchline, a bunch of jokes so yeah. far the first three weeks of the season. All right, Mitch Holt is going to join us next. He's the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. They will head to Indianapolis, take on the winless Colts. That's an early kick. Mitch is here. Papa John sponsors. That's next. We're Miller and Condon. And we're on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 K. I don't know about you, but when I'm going out, I want some good food. Not just frozen food thrown in a fryer. Get that good bar fare at Fat Charlie's in Urbandale. I want a beer? They got me covered. I want to catch the game? How about 50 TVs, including Thursday night football? If you're shut out at home, Fat Charlie's has you covered. Urbandale's upscale sports bar. It's Fat Charlie's, just off 8035 on the Douglas exit. I'll see you. On KXNO. Tomorrow, week three of the NFL begins, and you can jump into it with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Touchdowns, big plays, and bigger wins for you. New customers, bet just $5 on any NFL team to win. On the money line, you'll get $200 in free bets if they do. And if that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with the DraftKings stepped-up same-gay parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100% with payouts bigger than ever, why would you bet football anywhere else? And to make it even sweeter, you can throw down on the stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code KXNO. You'll get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. Again, promo code KXNO. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. Iowa only. Bonus issued as free bets. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Parlay and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Gambling problem? Call where you get podcast. Like many of you, my home was hit by the storm recently. My roof had hail damage, and I knew there was one place to call. It's Trent Condon for Wolf Roofing. I've known the team at Wolf Roofing now for almost a decade. They're central Iowans that care about community and doing the job right. Go with a company that you know. A company from here. Go with Wolf Roofing. Set up your appointment at 515-225-8866. 225-8866 or online WolfRoofing.com for details. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent.
Brian Miller and Condon just past 11.30 on a Wednesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Papa John's in Central Iowa, the Donaldsons. Uh, make our weekly conversation with Mitch Holt as possible. Mitch is back. They will head to Indianapolis uh, to take on the Colts. Sunday, it's a noon kick, and Mitch joins us. Mitch, Trent, and Ken, before we get into that, I want to go back to last week. But boy, oh boy, did that have a big game feel for week two on a Thursday night with the Chargers in town. Had a big game feel and it certainly lived up to it. Uh, what a football game we witnessed, Mitch. How are you? Yeah, Tim, dead, dead on. The Chargers are really, really good. In And my, I might have told you before the game that in my preparation, you can always say, well, they're kind of weak here. The Chargers have no weakness. I mean, that's an outstanding defensive team, and we know how good they are on offense. Uh, but the Chiefs also showed what we talked about all throughout our training camp reports. The defense is different, more impactful, faster better uh they get a 99 yard pick six from a seventh round draft pick a rookie well there's rookies all over the field and then offensively they're just different they're more resourceful in many ways and all that kind of lived up to the prophecy on both sides of that game that was a heck of a game to have in week two getting that win a division game and the chargers the issues that they have certainly caused a kansas city with three wins here over the last six years in kc it was a big one the division could be very tight we will see but a little bit different change here just two weeks in compared to maybe what we thought before the season where we said all four of these teams maybe have a chance. Raiders letting that one slip away against the Cardinals. That was a head-scratcher. And Denver, they got their own set of issues. Mm-hmm. Is this a two-team race? No, it's too early to, to say that. I, I mean, I can appreciate why you would, but this is only my 29th year in the league. <laughs> I know it's way too early to do that. But, but to your point now, Trent, we're to your point. The other three, we all know the AFC West is going to be just doggy dog all the way for into January. But the other three teams in this division all have moments already in the first two weeks of the season that become excruciating or <clears throat> that could have a ripple effect beyond the moment. Denver, fourth and five, to try the 50,000-yard field goal instead of letting Russ Wilson go for it on fourth and five. Well, that cast doubts into week two. We saw that a little bit. Cast doubts into you prove that it's not the case. But you can also say, gosh, probably should have beaten Seattle, who I don't think that good. Then you've got the Raiders, who had the game won, what, five times? Yep. Up 23 to nothing at home to a not-very-good Cardinal team. And you lose on a 60-yard scoop and score when you're going in to win the game on a field goal. I've been on the other side of those. Those That counts like two losses. And now you're the Chargers. You're going, well, wait a minute. We have the ball at the one, and we throw a 99-yard pick six, which is a 14-point swing. Those instances in and of themselves almost count like two losses just because of the effect it can have and the challenge early on it gives to teams to overcome them. Yeah, Charger receiver wanted out of the game uh, the, the play before. Mitch, uh, one more on, on your roster. Uh, and we talked about Justin Reed, and, and, I, and I remember saying at the time, Mitch, look, I don't watch a lot of Texans football. Why would you, right? So I really wasn't sure what they were getting. Boy, he's good. He's really good, and he's you know he's just another part of that impactful defense that we thought was going to be better, and we've certainly seen after two weeks. And his role gets even more important, Ken, with the uh, suspension of Willie Gay Jr. Because I think most of the – we're doing a podcast as soon as I get off the air with you guys with Matt McMullen, our senior team reporter, and it's going to be apples do not equal apples. 
meaning how the Chiefs going to overcome the loss of Tyreek Hill, which was a five-month discussion. Well, now we've seen that. It's, it's kind of like nothing like it was with, with uh, Tyreek Hill. Defensively, not having Willie Gay Jr. is going to be the same. This is going to be a variety of schemes, personnel, and approaches. And the uh, safeties, though, will have the bulk of the responsibility. Justin Reed, Juan Thornhill, and Brian Cook, another rookie, at the University of Cincinnati. Yes, the linebackers will have some responsibility, but you're going to see, and Spags likes to do this anyway, play safeties in the box. You're going to have safeties that have to play the run in the past. They have to be physical enough to contain Jonathan Taylor, and a guy with the ability of Justin Reed can do that. But so can Thornhill, and so can Cook. Uh, but you're going to see be safeties be as much a part of the answer with the four-week absence with the suspension of Willie Gay Jr. as you will linebackers. Talking with Mitch Holt is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. It's Indianapolis, a wounded team this week, coming in with a winless record at this point in time. Indianapolis, there was a lot of hope this year, but Matt Ryan, mm. oh, he looked old, uh, certainly, on Sunday. Yeah, Trent, they, they early in the season, when you play a determined, dug-in, desperate foe, it you're in for a rock fight. Yeah. I mean, I said they're in Alamo mode in Indianapolis. Now, later in the year, when there's nothing to play for, they could capitulate. But not the Colts. Not with the pride they have with Frank Reich, and I know their GM, Chris Ballard, very well. He was with us. There's still hope in a division that, you know, that division, you could have a 9-8 and division mm-hmm. winner, or a 9-7-1, and as it were, for the Colts, or even the Texans. So, the Colts are going to come out swing and fight. The, the thing the Colts are fighting now is negative inertia that really goes back to last year what happens the year before shouldn't have much of an impact on the next year unless or wrap around you know counting losing streaks wrapped around a season doesn't seem fair except the way the Colts lost they gave away a playoff berth with a week 18 loss to the Jaguars and lost the last two games of 2021 in difficult fashion and then now have lost and tied games that they were heavily favored in to start the 2022 season. So, fair or unfair, the last two games of 2021 are putting an angle and a cloud over the head of the Colts with their 0-1-1 start. But there's still a lot of season left. They'll dig their heels in. This will be a tough game. Well, and they still got Jonathan Taylor, who's as good at, uh, at that position Ooh. as anybody in the league, as you know. Quentin Nelson looks as though he's going to be, you know, plug and play at left guard. It's a decent offensive line. He leads the way. Receiver wise, though, Mitch, I guess that's the question because I'm not sure Pittman's going to be able to answer the bell. And Paris Campbell, without a, you know, uh, without his guy Pittman on the other side of the field, doesn't seem like the weapon uh, that he could be if he did have some help. No, and they're, and they're tight ends. You don't have the they're, – they're good. I mean, Mo Cox is a good player, but they don't have the uber tight end that you see on all these other teams. The offensive line to me, though, Ken, is perplexing. Here's one of your stats of the morning. The Colts spend more on their offensive line as it counts against their salary cap than any other team in the league. 42% of their cap wow. is on the offensive line. Not just Quentin Nelson, but a kid that – uh, Kansas City kid, Braden Smith, is on that offensive line, played at Olathe South High School here in Kansas City, and he's getting a pretty good paycheck. And they're getting worked. I mean, when you look at what Matt Ryan has faced in these first two weeks, he got bludgeoned last week. 
I think he's been hit like 11 times in two weeks. He's been sacked seven times, and he's thrown. A, he's got four picks, one touchdown pass and four picks. But three of the four picks, when I went and reviewed the video, are big-time protection issues. His arm gets hit or he's rushed or doesn't have time to, to do what he wants to do. So the Chiefs have to get pressure in this game. First, they got to start John, just stop Jonathan Taylor. The Colts will try to establish Jonathan Taylor, especially with Willie Gage in out, not just in the run game, but in the passing game. Now, Naheem Hines is more their pass-catching running back, but that does not mean they will not try to throw to Jonathan Taylor in a second-level attack against the linebackers or the safeties that I mentioned. That's where they've got to go. If that doesn't work, then they're back in Houston mode of, like, where do we go? Because uh, the receivers are guys that are struggling. I mean, these are all kind of guys that have been marginal to make the roster. If they don't have Pittman, it takes a big chunk out of their offense. The other guys, the rookie they got out of Cincinnati, Alec Pierce, they didn't have him last week either. If both of those guys are out, they're, they're really kind of neutered, which is what happened against the uh, in their loss last week. They get shot out by the Jags. Uh, before we get out of here, Mitch, let's talk about uh, the Donaldsons, uh, what they do here in Central Iowa, and, of course, Papa John's. Huge Thursday night for them, and a lot of you answer the call, as I said. Order early, order online, papajohns.com, and that happened. They had a monster Thursday night uh, with the Chiefs playing. Now, with a Sunday noon game, same deal. A lot of you worship in the mornings. Uh, just work ahead on this thing. But I love what they do. It's not just their specials. Uh, that we'll start cranking out here over the next several weeks. But it's what they do to help the folks of Iowa. Not just serve pizza, Leukemia Lymphoma Society, Juvenile Diabetes, so many things that they do that I just love being associated with them. It's the, it's the pizza and the people. So the folks of Iowa need to know how blessed they are to have the Donaldsons and all of the managers at the participating Papa John's locations in your state. We will talk to you next week in advance of Sunday Night Football in Tampa Bay to take on Brady and the Bucks. Good stuff. Mitch, have a great week. Thanks for doing this as always, Mitch. Take care. Thanks, Ken, and the former Dowling Maroon, Ken Hawk. Matt Hawk follows us around. He's now punting for the Colts again. (laughs) You'll see him on Sunday. Thanks. Good to talk to you, Mitch. Take care. Mitch Holtz is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, we've got one segment left to do. Let's uh, do a little... Circa play of the day. We're ready. Oh, one, and you're, two, you're, one and two yesterday. Yeah. Let's get on the right side of things. Well, I want to uh, pick your brain on the tomorrow night's game since we touched on yeah. it a little bit. Uh, we'll do that. We'll come back. It's Circa's play of the day. Trent's got that coming. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Up when we come back on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 Kopedic Surgeons. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circus Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circus Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit circusports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1 800 BETS OFF. You've been waiting for it, and now it's here. Fat Charlie's. 
now open in Urbandale. An upscale sports bar with over 50 TVs. A brunch menu available every day starting at 9. On the weekends, free pancakes for kids. And don't forget about the Bloody Mary and Mimosa Bar. You want pizza while watching the game? Fat Charlie's has fresh homemade dough. Make your way to Fat Charlie's, 121st Street in Urbandale. It's time for Trent's Pick of the Day. Brought to you by Circus Sports Iowa. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, welcome back. Time for our final segment. It is indeed Trent's Plays of the Day. Circus Sports sponsors. Uh, baseball on the docket tonight. Before we get into that, Trent, just a, a look ahead real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, tomorrow night, Thursday night football is back. It's an AFC North tilt. Uh, what's the number? I think it's like four and a half I saw at one point. Yeah, there's Browns some fours favored. out there, four and a half. Okay. Somewhere probably kick in that range. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky was not good. No, uh, he re- he really wasn't. Just wonder if it's a matter of time. Well, it is before Pickett at some point assumes uh, the leadership at the quarterback position. But I don't think it'll be tomorrow unless uh, an injury pops up. But your thoughts? Do you have a, an opinion? Twenty four, more than that. Thirty six hours out. Yeah, I would lean Cleveland at this point with the number. Um, you know, letting that game get away. Oh, it has to bite them. In that fashion, the missed extra point. Mm-hmm. If you just fall down two yeah. different times, going out of bounds right before the two-minute warning, and then after the kicker kicks a 58-yarder the week before. Yeah. And what happened to the defense? That that play up the sideline, there was nobody within the no. screen. No. I, Clowney was hurt, but, I mean, right. you know. He doesn't, play, he doesn't play defense. That's not back his either. position, right? Yeah. right? It was one of the more baffling losses of the week, and I do think they bounced back, and... You know, I know there's some numbers out there. I want to see if I can find them again. I remember this from a season ago. Is home teams on that short turnaround? I think there was something where, you know, a point spread less than a touchdown, you know, one where you don't anticipate how good home teams have been against the number. I'm going to see if I can dig that up before tomorrow and, and see if I can find that in an angle that certainly makes sense. You don't have to travel. You're back home. Those kind of things definitely makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, I'd leave Cle- lean Cleveland right now. And we got to see health-wise and where Pittsburgh is, too. Najee Harris and what he's going to be able to do. They've had some injuries on that front. Of course, Watt's not going to be available for a while. But yeah, definitely Cleveland is the side that I'm looking at this point. How about you? You got a feel? Ah, uh, no. I, yeah. I really don't. I, I don't. I'm, I, I don't. I want to watch Trubisky. I, I, I don't have a feel for the game. What, what Trent, gonna... I'm the last person you need to ask. I've won three games in three weeks. Wow, that's Total. True. What are you going to do with all this Trubisky stock that you continue mm. to buy up? This summer you bought a bunch, too. Yeah, I did. Uh, it looks like it's going to come back and, and bite me. But. That, that penny stock is coming up zeros. Yeah. At the same time, um, Kenny Pickett anxious to see him play. I, I do think this, this franchise is going to exceed expectations this year. There's a lot of people thought that this was finally going to be a, a non-500 year for Mike Tomlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's it's going to be close. All right, let's get to baseball tonight. We've got a full slate of games, including one that's already underway, so you can't bet that. But you could bet the Mets and the Brewers. It's coming up at 110 if you want. Where are you going? Uh, don't jump on that one. I, that's one that I'm going to definitely stay away with. Uh, I do like tonight the Cubs. Stroman on the bump for them. 540 first pitch against the Marlins. Stroman was really good in his last start at yep. Wrigley Field. And that's uh, that's one that I, I at least have uncircled right now. You get plus money, too. Plus 110. Not too bad with the Cubs against the Marlins. So, going to go that route. Uh, another one that jumped out after yesterday's Blue Jays-Phillies game. 18-11. 29 combined runs in mm-hmm. it. The total for tonight is 8. It's Gossman against Wheeler. Yeah. Gossman's been, as you know, very inconsistent this Hit year. Hit and miss. 
Same thing on the other side for Zach Wheeler. In that band box, eight. I got to take a stab at the over. Mm-hmm. Hot bats continue, that, that yep. kind of thing. So And Guerrero didn't have a big night last night. Right. They still scored 18. I'm going to hop aboard there. That number at eight, it just... It almost seems too good to be true. It feels a little square, but um, let's be honest. I really am a square. And we're going to go over in the Blue Jays and Phillies. And one final game. Going back to the well again with the Guardians. Get plus money with them. Why not? I know Lance Lynn pitches for the White Sox. Who who comes? Uh, who pitches for the... Mr. Piskinny, McKenzie. Oh, is he? Yes. 160 pounds soaking wet. Uh-huh. Uh, look at... Um, do you remember... I don't know, probably back in June for the first time, you found some analytics, some upset a number. Might have been on CBSSports.com. It was, yeah. Their sports line projections, yeah. They were projecting the season, and Cleveland seemed like, come on. How can you pick this team? Uh, But yet here they are, and they're going to be proven right. Because I I didn't buy it at the time. I thought they were clearly, at best, third in that division, because I was all in the Twins at that point. I thought the White Sox are going to be a major factor. You remember, I thought the Tigers were going to be the team. You did. You bet them this year. Uh, that, that, Bet them that, in the that over. Had a disappointing year. Took a little stab on, on the division title. I did all kinds of things with the Tigers. They've been a huge disappointment. And that Cleveland team, we knew they had Ramirez. Okay, that's great. Mm-hmm. You got Bieber. Mm-hmm. And then you just didn't know a ton of else about the guys. And right. you know, I mentioned Savali yesterday, who was finally good last night, as He's we terrific. talked about. And the bottom of the lineup, too. At the top. But he's a guy that's been a huge disappointment this year. After really three starters, they've been disappointing there. The bullpen. Class A at the end is ridiculous, but there's been some cracks throughout the season, yet they found a way. Those young guys, though, have all come together oh my. at the same time. I mean, you get four guys that are young in the first or second year that have all kind of come together and all had breakout seasons. I think a higher level than anybody could anticipate it for all four of those guys, and that's where we are, right? All of a sudden, Cleveland running away with things. White Sox win the next two. They have to, Trent. There, there is no other way. No. They win and the next even if two, they win the get next within two. three. You're running out of games. It's two weeks today. The season ends. Yep. Two weeks from today, it's over. After those two, Cleveland will have ten games left in the season. Yeah, Still got to make up three games. Six or seven of which are against the Royals. So if the White Sox go even eight and two, that means Cleveland's got to be five and five just to get a push. Oh, and by the way, Cleveland has the advantage. No game one sixty three anymore. No, it's they a, have the tiebreaker breaker. So for all intents and purposes, though they're five back in the standings right now, they're really six back. Mm-hmm. You have to look at it that mm-hmm. way because the tie still goes to Cleveland. We are out of here. This is going to do it. Best of luck with your place tonight. Circus Sports sponsors that. Well, Murph and Andy are coming up at 1 o'clock. KXNO Drive, Heather Burnside, Sean Roberts. They take you home from 3 until 6. And then Hawk Central goes tonight. Uh, Leicester Cowan Company, they will be on the air at 6. We're Miller and Con, and you can hear Trent and I weekdays from 10 until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.